Welcome to another exciting episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast. Listen in as your host, Jimmy Atkinson, invites industry leaders to share their best OZ insights and investment strategies. From market updates to fund launches, policy news, tax mitigation strategies, and more, we cover it all here on the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm Jimmy Atkinson. My guest today is Ari Kresh, partner at Island Paradise QOF an Opportunity Zone fund that purchases distressed assets in Puerto Rico and transforms them into world-class hotels. Ari joins me today from his office in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Ari, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to the podcast. Well, it's great to be part of it and to feel all the energy that is centering around Puerto Rico. Yeah, Puerto Rico has been uh, the focus of several of my podcast episodes uh, to date, we've had uh, we've we've had several guests from Puerto Rico join the show over the last several years, and it really is an incredible story what's happening in Puerto Rico, and just the fact that uh, for those who may be new to Opportunity Zones, almost the entire island of Puerto Rico falls within an Opportunity Zone. It's it it's a special case down there. Uh, Congress gave them a special exemption to the normal twenty five percent rule and allowed all of the island's low-income census tracts to be designated as opportunity zones in an effort to help the island recover economically from the destruction that was brought on by Hurricane Maria and and some subsequent earthquakes um, over the last few years, right around the time that opportunity zones uh, were getting enacted. So today, Ari, I want to discuss with you first and foremost about how you're able to find value in Puerto Rico's opportunity zones. That's the title of today's episode how would you characterize the value that you're able to find on that island uh, of Puerto Rico? Ari, you're down there right now. How do asset values compare to comparable assets on the mainland? Well, I've lived in Michigan and I've lived in New York City for significant portions of my life. And the, the, the comparison doesn't exist. You know, when you, when you go into risky neighborhoods, you know, you will expect to get a better return on investment. But over here, the the fact that there's not a lot of capital that's available to, you know, invest in properties, make it kind of a, a game that a lot of people can't play. So ROIs are off the charts over here. But of course, the way I've always invested in real estate is I've always, I've always tried to make my money on the buy. So if you can get a good deal when you buy it, then you're kind of cushioned for things don't if things don't work out exactly the way that you want it to. And in Puerto Rico, there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of the way things work out. So Jimmy, yeah, I, moved sure. here, I, I moved here uh, more than five years ago. I moved here before Maria, uh, before the mass um, uh, immigration from the mainland. Uh, to Puerto Rico, Act 20 and 22. These are special tax advantages that are given to individuals uh, that have high net worth, um, you know, to, to attract them to Puerto Rico. And there was another act called Act 20 that bring businesses that export services here. They were enacted, but it was only a trickle when I first came in. And my attraction to this place um, was not that. Um, it was icing on the cake. My attraction... Puerto Rico was, the people are spectacular. The island is out of control, beautiful. It's, you know, it's got 
mountains, it's got beaches, it's got arid areas, it's got rainforests, it's got all everything that you can imagine, plus the warmest people in the world. And that's what attracted me here. And then as time went on, um, you know, more people started coming and uh, people started coming here to vacation and they just did not have a very developed tourism, um, you know, pr properties. And so the demand was way higher than the supply and people were renting out their apartments. They were renting out anything they can get their hands on an Airbnb. They'd fill them up and their rates were out of control. So that's what got me interested in pretty much liquidating anything that I had outside of Puerto Rico and just putting all my eggs in Puerto Rico because you can have a diversified portfolio in Puerto Rico. Hmm. Yeah, that's great, Ari. I mean, I, Puerto Rico seemed to be a really great, uh, a very well-kept secret for a really long time. I think more and more people, uh, especially within the Opportunity Zone world, are kind of figuring out that uh, Puerto Rico is a pretty special place to be and a, and a special place to develop. There's some challenges that go along with developing, and I want to get into those challenges and how they relate to the opportunities in a minute. But uh, first, Ari, I want to zoom out and I want to get your story. Ari, I want to hear more about you, Ari Kresh, uh, yeah. how you uh, initially built up your career. You're the founder of 1-800-LAW-FIRM in addition to all of what's going on with you on the island of Puerto Rico right now and the developments you have going on. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your career trajectory, about how you started 1-800-LAW-FIRM, how that led you to where you are today and... Uh, and it sounds like you moved to Puerto Rico about five years ago. Tell, tell us a little bit more about yourself, though, Ari. Okay, well, I started my legal career in 1978. Uh, I graduated law school in 1977. I moved to New York City. I worked for the Legal Aid Society for a couple of years. I didn't know anybody in New York. And uh, nobody would give me a break. It was tough to get a job. I didn't go to one of the top-tier schools. So uh, I decided to open up my own practice. And I became a self-educated marketing guru. Um, over the years, I was marketing legal services and different areas. And then I kind of figured out if I can get the phone to ring more than I can service those areas, I had two choices. I can either hire staff for which I didn't have the money to do it, or I could uh, enter into joint part, uh, ventures with other law firms that um, were high on talent, uh, but low on business. So I started um, developing my own marketing strategies. I looked in other industries. I was probably the very first national advertiser in the legal space. I used some tricks that would allow me to um, market um, legal services on a national basis cost effectively by using a vanity, a vanity phone number, 1-800-LAW-FIRM. So essentially the way that worked is I could buy 10 second commercials on national TV that would cost me literally a fraction, not a third, but maybe 10% of what a 30 would cost on national TV. So my entry point, if you know, your name is, uh, you know, whatever your name is, if you have to repeat the number and tell them you're a law firm, it takes 30 seconds at least. I didn't even have to tell them I'm a lawyer. I tell them 1-800-LAW-FIRM and I tell them what, you know, you get into a car accident, call 1-800-LAW-FIRM. And I got a 10 second commercial that can run nationally and the phone was ringing off the hook. And there was a lot of 
law firms that wanted to partner with me to share in that traffic. You know, and as time went on, you know, diff different things were popular, you know, uh, yellow pages became popular and then billboards and TV commercials and then internet and keywords and whatever. So um, depending upon the sliver of time in history, the 1-800 had greater advantage, lesser advantage, but at this point in time, it's more, it's less of, uh, it's more of a brand. People recognize it. I've been doing this since 1994 as 1-800 Law Firm. So there's a comfort knowing that a business has been around for 30 years. So, um, so you know, that's my story. And, and essentially, um, five, five and a half years ago, um, you know, I'm a kind of an adventure seeker. Um, I love the tropics. I love new experiences. And um, I had a great staff in Michigan, which is where my uh, main office was. And I decided to treat myself and my family, which at the time consisted of a wife and my youngest of five daughters. Uh, she was in 10th grade. I said, uh, Tessa, I'm considering moving to Puerto Rico. And she was in ninth grade at the time. And she says, uh, she says, Dad, are you crazy? I'm in high school. I have friends. And I said to her, wouldn't you like to see what you're saying no to? And she said, fair enough. So we arranged a trip for her to shadow a student at St. John's School. Um, she goes, she shadows a student. She walks across the street to the Airbnb that we were staying at. I said, how was it? And she says, it was great. I start telling her about the adventure that we had planned for the next day. She says, Dad, I can't go. I said, why not? She says, I have friends. <laughs> so, and she went back to school. And the truth is that the way they embraced her is crazy. I mean, what I like to say that in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, the trust factor comes immediately when you meet somebody. And if you violate that trust, they'll hate you forever. In the United States, it takes... They, they don't trust you to begin with, and it takes a period of time for them to develop that trust in you. So at my age, I can't afford the latter. So <laughs> I like Puerto Rico. No, that's a great story and great to get that family buy-in. And uh, I'm sure you don't miss those winters in Michigan. The winters down in Puerto Rico and the Caribbean are <laughs> much nicer, I'm sure. You know, I just, I, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know how how oppressive um, the weather was. I just didn't think about it. You know, I just figured out strategies. You get a, an attached garage uh, to your home, you go into the bat cave and you get out. And over here, I embrace every opportunity that I can be out in nature, amongst the palm trees, at the beach, in the mountains, um, in the rainforest, you name it. I just embrace every opportunity, the sweat, the winds, you know, people say, well, what about the electricity? What about the hurricanes? And I say, what about it? You know, would I rather have that or would I rather have snowstorms? And it's not even a comparison. Yeah, that's a good point to make. Uh, so you moved there about five and a half years ago. That was just shortly before Opportunity Zones were enacted at the end of 2017. When did you first hear about Opportunity Zones, Ari, and what about that new tax policy and investment vehicle attracted you? Well, 
it was only an, in, it, I, when I first heard about um, opportunity zones, it was only an intellectual exercise. Um, I thought, finally, finally, our legislators have come up with something intelligent that's going to really revitalize areas. Because how often have you heard, Jimmy, where somebody couldn't afford to sell a property because they couldn't afford to pay the taxes on their gain? Sure. So now they enacted a mechanism where you can defer taxes for, you know, at the time, I think it was, I don't know, 10 years uh, when they first enacted it or, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, you don't have to. So they defer the taxes. They give you a discount on those taxes. And plus, they give you a jump start on a new investment. So they encourage investment in economically depressed areas. And they give you an opportunity to allow properties that maybe need to be put in the hands of others. So I thought it was a great thing conceptually, but it didn't even occur to me that I would ever get involved in that stuff until I saw some of the beautiful properties here in Puerto Rico. And I said, you know, I can trade up. I can, I can, I can trade my properties in Michigan for over here and participate in this game. And, you know, it has been a really fun game. Um, you know, to me, I love beautifying this area. You know, when, when you speak to a Puerto Rican contractor, and, you know, one of the things that I do differently than a lot of the people that are here is I interact, even though I don't speak Spanish, I make it a point to interact with as many Puerto Ricans as I possibly can. And my uh, assistant is Puerto Rican, and they really do appreciate that. I, mean, I, I got involved in a deal that was, I mean, this, Jimmy, if you tell me this doesn't make any sense, I'm going to agree with you. But this is a true story. There's this property in the heart of Santurce, which is a really beautiful area. And it was for sale for what I think a very low price. And it was on the market for three or four years. And I got to know the family. I learned about the father who built the building 80 years ago. And I asked the broker, I said, I, and I closed on the deal. And I said to the broker, this has been on the market for three or four years. Why? What am I missing? Why did it not sell before me? And he says, Ari, until you came along, the sellers never felt comfortable with their buyers. And I say, feel comfortable? What do they have to feel comfortable for? Just write a check. What's the difference? You know, feel comfortable. And he says, welcome to Puerto Rico. That's interesting. So part of it is just you having that, Ari, you're a likable guy. You got a likable personality. You like interacting with the uh, with the local Puerto Rican people down there on the island. I think uh, you've been able to build that trust, as you mentioned in the uh, in the first part of our conversation today. I think that's great. What um, there there are some challenges, right, to developing in Puerto Rico, to finding deals in Puerto Rico, to 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 getting construction done on the island. Can you speak to some of the challenges that you've encountered um, in some of the deals that you've done in Puerto Rico over the last couple of years? Yes. Um, the one thing that Puerto Ricans don't really um, like so much 
is um, arrogance. You know, Americans coming over here and knowing better than they do and telling them what to do. So there's a certain element of humility that comes along with working with um, contractors and people. So um, I think it's really, really super important um, to understand the human interaction is of paramount importance. When I speak to a contractor, I always try to do it in person. Um, we try to get personal. Um, whenever I negotiate on the building, I always ask to speak directly to the owner and have a meeting. Never do that in the United States. Who cares? Nobody cares. But over here, they don't, they don't, they don't shun it. They say they they embrace it every single time. And at these meetings, the weirdest conversations happen, you know, the meaning of life, what legacy they want to live, leave, why they're trying to sell it, you know, and all kinds of things come up. And you learn, I learn a lot. I love the I love the stories as much as they love telling them. Well, that's great. And it's essential, it sounds like, to talk to some of those owners and hearing some of those stories in order to get a deal done um, from what it sounds like. Well, what can you tell us a little bit more about the pipeline of assets that you are developing or acquiring in Puerto Rico for the Island Paradise Qualified Opportunity Fund? What types of assets are, are you acquiring? And maybe you can give us an example or two of, of, of some of the assets that you're putting into the fund. All right. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that if you really want to be successful, you have to kind of forget everything that you that you practice in the United States to find properties because they don't work over here. Um, you know, MLS is not very developed. Um, you know, sometimes brokers will not cooperate with other brokers because they want to keep the commissions for themselves. Um, the other thing is that the best deals do not happen from things that you discover on the internet. The best deals happen when you walk the streets, you look at a building, find out who the owner is, and you get involved in their story. And the reason that that's true is because, and I call it hair, there's hair on ownership on of a high percentage of the properties here. There are certain inheritance laws that make things a little bit complicated. So somebody dies, leaves over a property to their kid. There's no problem for the kid to live in that property. And then when the kid no longer lives in the property, maybe a nephew, a cousin of this or that. But in order for that property to be conveyed, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in, in assembling you know, uh, marriage certificates, affidavits of how many children that they had. And most people are intimidated by this process and most people can't afford this. So one of the one of the tools. I think I think sorry to interrupt. I think part of the problem also, from what I've heard, is some of the property record keeping systems in some of these municipalities in Puerto Rico haven't been modernized, like we're used to seeing in in the mainland United States. Is that right as well? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that you can only find out by going over to the land records office, and mm -hmm. in a municipality like San Juan depending upon where in San Juan that property is, you go to one of three or four offices. So it gets, you know, it, it kind of, you know, the difference between an efficient market and an inefficient market. 
an efficient market is like the stock market. If you want to sell your share of Apple, you're going to get the same price I'm going to get for my share of Apple. But you're not going to get the same price for your building as I'm going to get for my building because I know how to market it better than you do. And I know how to access different markets. And most Puerto Ricans are not savvy enough to know how to market it. And it's up to an investor to learn how to how to enter that marketplace and how to assist sellers. And what I've done in a couple of my properties is, you know, I have to, these sellers would never sell their property unless I can help them and, and hook them up with a lawyer that can that do all the legal work that will allow them to convey the property. So I'm in the middle of one right now where, you know, the, the, the deceased, they got married in China, they had their children in China, and they brought them over here and whatever it is, it's a whole story. So you need translated documents, you need this, you need that. But it's all it's all doable and it's all doable for money. And if they're if they're intimidated, they're not gonna do it. But if they're reassured by a guy like me who will advance all those costs, then you can access opportunities that you never would. So those are the opportunities, those are the challenges. They're kind of mixed together. I forget whether it's Chinese or something else. They're, the word for opportunity and challenge is the same thing. And, you know, the greater the challenge, the more I'm attracted to it, especially here in Puerto Rico, because every people, they're honest people, they're hardworking people, and they're, they're, they're soulful people. They connect with you. So it's fun. It's not like you have to, you know, it's not like, you know, other parts of the world where they survive by lying, cheating, stealing, and getting it, you know, one up on you. Over here, it's, 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 it's fun. Oh, it sounds like fun. Uh, I always enjoy my visits down there to Puerto Rico as well. Uh, well, Ari, before we, um, and I just one more point, just to kind of expound on what you said. I think um, a lot of times you can untap value when the market is inefficient, like the one you're describing the real estate market down there in Puerto Rico, as long as you're willing to put in the work, scrounge a little bit, um, walk the streets, get to know the the people that you need to interact with. I think that's that's where you can really find some good value as your story shows us all. Um, Ari, just to kind of wrap things up, can you tell us a little bit about Island Paradise QOF, what what the fund is up to, um, the types of deals that you are acquiring and, and what the investment thesis is? Well, this kind of followed the same trajectory that my law firm did. I acquired more business that I could actually handle. So I had to figure out a way to get that um, business responsibly handled. And in the same manner, I'm doing the real estate thing. You know, there's a finite amount of money that I can access. So I put together a fund uh, with some great people that I met on the island and uh, people that probably your viewers are familiar with ashley tyson is a is a is a partner i was you know fortunate enough to meet him so that i know that the structure is done properly and what he saw in me was the ability because i'm boots on the ground the ability to find deals i wouldn't even recommend a deal unless it was a steal and you know a steal is an underutilized i, I want to bring value i don't want to just recognize a building that somebody you know, fixed up and now it's being rented out as an Airbnb and there's a nice return on your investment. That doesn't do anything for me. For me, it's taking a piece of bleep building and um, 
and and turning it into something that looks nice and 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 you know kind of um, elevates the look of the streets of Puerto Rico. So there's a few things that, you know. So so I look for properties that I can add value to. We found an old office building that was 80 years old. It was underutilized. It was not properly maintained. We gutted it down to its skin, and we're going to turn it into uh, a luxury boutique hotel with a swimming pool uh, on the top floor. It's got views of the mountains. It's got views of the ocean. And so that's one property. Another property is in the middle of the jungle. It has uh, mature um, um, bamboo. So we found a really stupid good deal on it. We bought 80 rooms, which really can be converted into 160 rooms uh, for $1.4 million. And it sits on uh, I think seven and a half acres. Uh, so we have, we have, um, you know, commercial properties that we're turning into hospitality. We have some um, remote properties that we're turning into hospitality. Hospitality is interesting to me because it there is this market is it's hungry. I mean, there is such a a demand for Airbnb and a hotel space uh, right now. And in addition to the regular benefits that people get from opportunity zones, the local government is giving you, they're just throwing you know tax benefits at you uh, to invest your money here rather than in Cleveland, Ohio. So uh, they give you a 40% tax credit for investments in hospitality and other businesses too. They give you a 40% tax credit. It takes you a few years to get that 40%, but that's over and above everything else that's being done. And as long as you calculate things based upon traditional ROIs, you don't even look at that 40% and you just consider that as icing, you're going to do really well. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, the 40% tax credit is unlike anything that you can get on the mainland as far as I'm aware of. Um, I mean, it's interesting you brought up Cleveland, Ohio. Ohio, the state of Ohio offers a 10% tax credit on top of any OZ deals in the state of Ohio. And that's a pretty darn good deal, but you can do it on Puerto Rico and they're doing 40%. That's just, that's a lot of free money that the Puerto Rican government is uh, handing over to developers and real estate investors for to uh, try to attract more tourism to the island. Just, just an incredible story down there. Uh, Ari, it's been a pleasure talking with you today uh, to wrap things up. If we have any listeners or viewers out there who uh, like the sound of uh, mm -hmm. of your voice and uh, what you have to say, Ari, and they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do so to learn more about you and Island Paradise QOF? Well, if you could flash my email address on the screen, it's it's my name, acresh at 1-800-lawfirm.com. Acresh, K-R-E-S-C-H, at 1-800-lawfirm.com. I'd be happy to respond to any questions. Uh, there's room in our fund to be an investor in any of the deals that I, I spoke about. We, we have one operational um, property. We've got, we've, got, we've got two hotels that we're developing along the coast, the, southeast, the southwestern coast, uh, uh, a place called, um, you know, near Bocaron. And this hotel was an operating hotel that was destroyed during Maria. And now all we have to do is fix it up. It's tried and tested. People 
love it down there. And now, you know, we just have to fix it up, modernize it. And uh, that's one of our properties as well. And we'll keep buying more as long as we have interest in it. And I think that, you know, if you're a sophisticated investor, uh, do you remember the, you remember the uh, clothing store called Sims? Sims was a, a New York clothing company. They used to sell, uh, I think, close out stuff. And they had a motto that says, the educated consumer is our best customer. Well, I say the same thing. The educated investor is our best customer because you understand what an advantage it is to be here over anything you've ever done. That's a great way of putting it. I don't remember Sims personally, but uh, I do like that old, marketing tagline. <laughs> and not from New York either, but uh, well, they, Ari, they uh, actually were in other cities. There was a Sims in Michigan where I was too, but it was a great store. And I don't know what happened to them. They, they went under it at some point in time, but that was their motto. And I loved it. That is a good motto. A good, good, uh, good motto to have. And uh, I like to think that my listeners and viewers are educated investors. So uh, again, if you want to reach out to Ari, please do so a crash at 1-800-LAWFIRM.COM. And of course, uh, as always, I will have show notes for today's episode up on the Opportunity DB website. You can find those show notes at opportunitydb.com slash podcast. There you'll find links to all of the resources that Ari and I discussed on today's episode. I'll be sure to link to Ari's email address, and I'll also have the website for Island Paradise QOF posted there as well. And please be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube or your favorite podcast listening platform to always get the latest episodes of the Opportunity Zones podcast. Ari, again, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thanks so much for your time. Well, Jimmy, I just have to tell you, I'm no longer a virgin. This is my first podcast. You did great, Ari. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. If you like this episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by Opportunity DB. You can access our show notes by visiting opportunitydb.com forward slash podcast. And we'll be back soon with another episode. 